You're listening to the Sunday Sermon from Cardington Church of the Nazarene in Cardington, Ohio. If you need prayer, encouragement, or support, please don't hesitate to reach out. As always, our website and email are in the show notes. We serve a great God, and it's my hope that He speaks to you through the sermon today. Has anybody ever bought a house before? Raise your hand. It's okay. So, okay, yeah, it's kind of a, it's an interesting thing. Uh, it's an interesting thing. I, uh, we've been lucky enough to do it twice. Well, uh, we bought one, and then we sold one, and then we bought another one. We don't have two, but uh, we, we bought a house, and it's like, if you've ever done it, or if you've ever thought about doing it, uh, it's, kind of cr- it's kind of a crazy experience. I don't know if you like, you kind of, you look around where you're going to go, and it's fun to think about like, well, we could live in this place, and, all, and I could put this, this could be my, my, where I hang my guitars on the wall, and this could be where, where I do the, you know, whatever, right? It's fun to think about all that stuff, and to look at all the different places, and to be sadly disappointed when you realize most of the stuff you want isn't possible for you to buy, you know what I mean? But that's a, that's a fun thing to see. Like, it's a fun thing to do. It's a really fun process. Uh, and, and so we've got to do it a couple times. It's also stressful. I don't know if, if uh, specifically when we moved to Cardington, it's kind of stressful. It's like, well, how, how is this going to work? What are we going to do, right? But something about buying a house that I have learned is when you do it the way that uh, most of the time people do it, is you get a thing called a mortgage. You guys probably know about what a mortgage is. There's a bank or a company that gives you a bunch of money that you don't actually have that much, and they let you borrow, and then you pay them. It's kind of like you're paying rent to, so that you can, instead of have a landlord fix your house, you can pay to fix all your problems, and you can put holes in the walls. But you're just paying rent for it, kind of. Uh, but anyway, but you know, there's, that's, that's supposed to be funny. But like, it's, it's, a fun, it's a fun thing, right? But you have to get a mortgage. And when you get a mortgage, when you're dealing with lots of money, What's crazy is you have to sign a lot of paperwork. Like there's this thing where they call the, it's the closing and you go to this fancy office with the fancy chairs and there's a closing agent and they say, here's your paperwork bundle. And they point at, at the top of it and they say, this sheet means, and then they say, blah, blah, blah. This means you can't sue us. If this happens, this means, and it's like a ton of paperwork and you sign here and you initial here and you do this for like, it's like, I don't know how many pages. It's way more than you would think. It's so many. It feels like you're like making a decision you shouldn't be making. That's what it feels like when we did it twice, right? And you get to a point where they're like, they start asking questions like, do you want title insurance? And it's like, come again? What's title? What is that? And they say, well, it's this thing. And, I, and they say, but if you don't want it, you don't have to have it. You just have to choose. You don't, if you don't have it, you need to sign here and say that we don't want it. Um, and, and the reason you might want it is these reasons. And it's like, you mean I have to decide this right now? Why didn't you tell me about this before now? I don't know what that is. And all these things happen, and it's like, I'm confused what's going on. But basically, they make you make all these decisions. You make all these decisions right away, and it feels like you're making decisions that kind of affect, like, your future. That's what it feels like, right? It's like, what's going on here? This could make a difference for my life. I, I, I don't know. It's a decision. you got to make it quick, and it's intimidating. And it's like, I don't know what to do. And these decisions, they, they do affect uh, the future. They affect what comes next. And, and that kind of that came to my mind today because I want to talk to us about a decision that some people made and Mark uh, that changed their lives forever. These fishermen's lives were changed forever because of the decision they made that day. So we're going to be reading from Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1, 14 to 20, if you want to uh, read it on your phone or it'll be on the screen or whatever. Uh, Mark 1, 14 through 20. Uh, and this is what that says. It says, after John was put in prison... Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. 
When he had gone a little further, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat, preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them, and they left their father, Zebedee, and in the boat with the hired men and followed him. That's the word of God from Mark this morning. It's the story of how Jesus begins his earthly ministry, begins to find those 12 men who would, he would call disciples, the people who would follow him everywhere he went, who would learn from him and be friends with him and travel with him and ask him questions and learn from him and get mad at him and be sad with him and be support for him. This was Jesus' disciples. This is the beginning. And these men, these fishermen, James and John and Simon and Andrew, they made a decision, a big decision, that did alter the rest of their lives forever. This is a tough decision. And so today, I have a sentence like I generally try to do, one sentence that if you can't remember anything else we talk about, something I want you to know today is this. You are called to follow Jesus. You are called to follow Jesus. And in this story, we we get to see the actual earthly example where Jesus physically calls people to be with him, to follow him and and go where he goes and do what he does and and ask of them and and they would do. This is, is what happens. But I want you to know today that you are called to follow Jesus. You are called to follow Jesus. It doesn't matter who you are or where you came from. There is a call that is in everyone's life and it's that you are to follow Jesus because that is what we were created to do. Yesterday, Pastor Kirsten and I got to go uh, for a district meeting. It was like, it was a very long day. Uh, Diane actually watched Wade, thank you, by the way. Uh, She watched him all day. It was, we we left like 8 in the morning, 8.30, and it got over at 7 p.m. And it was this day where we were asked to mentor, to coach people who are going through the process to become pastors in the Church of the Nazarene. It's a long and a daunting process. Uh, And so we, for some reason, they asked us to to mentor them, which is cool. I guess they think that maybe our experience is valid to to people who who don't have it. That's very cool. It's kind of a privilege. But it was a fun day. And and one of the things we talked about, one entire session for that day, for all of those prospective pastors, people pursuing vocational job ministry, was all about the call of God in their lives. And it was just all about how Specifically, these people feel called to to vocational ministry, to do this for their life, to do this for their job, but God has a call on your life. And, 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 And that's different for everyone, but what does not differ is the fact that you are called to follow Jesus. That is what we are called to do. It can look very different. It can be all types of different things, but we are called to follow Jesus. And making that decision will change our lives. We are called to follow Jesus. And as we read this, I think that when I was studying this week, this passage, it seems so quick. It seems so easy and so short and just mentioned that, oh, Jesus says, follow me. And they say, okay. And they do. Jesus said, hey, fishermen, do you want to stop fishing and come with me forever? And they say, yes. And then they do. And then he goes down the the lake a little farther and he finds more fishermen, which I guess maybe he was on the prowl for fishermen that day. I don't know. And he sees some more and he says, you want to follow me? You want to just go ahead and leave and come with me? And they're like, yes, I do. And they do. And they make a decision that will forever change their life. These fishermen make this decision to be with Jesus. And it seems so quick and so easy. But when you dig deeper into this, it's not an easy and it's not a quick decision for these people. You see, because fishing, the business of fishing uh, in this day, in this age, on the Sea of Galilee, it had changed a lot throughout the years. It started out where families would fish for, for their food, right? They would go out and they would catch what they need and they would eat it uh, and they would use it and, and they didn't, it wasn't a big thing. But, but soon, uh, the people, the Romans, they kind of came and conquered and they started putting like places around. They started like building up uh, 
like cities, right, and gatherings and markets and all these things, and there was a lot of commerce happening. And, and the government decided, you know what, we could probably make money on this. And so they decided, well, we're going to start selling fishing licenses to people, and then we'll, we'll, we'll pay them when they, when they have to uh, process the fish, and we'll pay them to transport the fish. And so now fishing moved from being something everyone did all the time to, to you had to be invited as a, like, almost like a business to fish for the, for the government so you could sell, right? So you could sell your fish, and, and you could make money, and they could make money. It was, it was good for both of them, but it was a big change to what it had used to be. And what was interesting is it, the only people who were allowed to fish were like, Businesses that had been around, well-known names, known quantities, right? And so the family of, of Simon and Andrew, that means that odds are these people were generational fishermen. It was their family and their moms and their dads and their family for generations had done this. And they had grown up in it and they were probably expected to continue on that cycle, to do it more and more. They were probably expected to, to fish and, and then to have children who fished and then to, to continue this business on. But, but something happened to them. They met Jesus, and he said, will you follow me? And I don't think it was probably as easy as net down, I'm going with Jesus. I, I bet it was more than that, right? I don't think, I think Mark's point, is, when he wrote this, I think maybe his point was like, let's not focus on this detail because that's not the important part. What the important part is is what happens next. But I think that it's still important for us to realize and to understand and to grasp that it probably wasn't just a split second no thought decision. They were like, do we sign on the dotted line or no? Because this is a big deal. I'm about to change everything about my job, everything about my family. I'm about to move and go around and be with Jesus for something I don't even know what's going to happen. Is this really what I want to do? But there was something about Jesus, something about the presence of Jesus, the voice of Jesus, the love and the support and the welcoming nature that Jesus had. There was something about it that made them say, I want to follow you. And then he walks down the river, he walks down the lake, the, the, the shore, and he sees more people. And, and he asks them, and, and the same is true of them. These were people who, who fished. Sons of Zebedee, right? This is their business. Zebedee boys fishing. I don't know. And... and and they have this business and they're fishing. And Jesus says, guys, you're preparing your nets. That's great. Uh, can you pass those off to someone else? Can you just come with me? You guys seem like you'd be good disciples. Will you follow me? Will you listen to me? Will you learn from me? Will you travel with me? Will you be my friends? And somehow, again, it seems short, but I doubt it was short. They made the decision to change everything about their job, their family, their life, their location, their day-to-day -day living. And they said, yes, I will follow Jesus. Because they were called to follow Jesus, and they felt that call when Jesus spoke to them. We are all called to follow Jesus. You are called to follow Jesus. But following, even though it's an easy concept, right? It's staying behind, looking towards something, and just doing the same, right? Repeating. It's an easy concept. In practice, in application, it's not always easy. And a story comes to mind when I think about this. Some of you might know this about me, some of you might not. One of my favorite jobs ever, outside of being a pastor, of course, uh, it, it was, it was, it was an, another job. In Colorado, 
I worked at a Ford dealership. I was a delivery driver for a fleet department of a Ford dealership. Super cool job. Uh, my boss, he sold fleet vehicles, so he sold like business trucks and cop cars and whatever anyone wanted, usually in bulk to like big companies. And it was the best, it was seriously the coolest job. Because my job wasn't to do any of the messy stuff. It was to literally get in brand new cars and drive them where someone told me to. It's a really cool job. I miss it. I really do. It was a lot of fun. And they paid me to do it. And they even paid me to stop at McDonald's uh, they didn't pay me for the McDonald's, so really I probably lost money there. But they paid me to stop at McDonald's and, and have a break, right? And what's fun about this job was, was multiple things. But one thing is all my coworkers were retired, retired guys. Uh, my youngest coworker next to me was 62 years old. So it was like I got to hang out with like people who I just – it was so much fun. It really was. Everything about it was fun. And, and I was the new guy, and all these guys had been doing it for forever, and they knew, right, because we kind of dealt with the same people. We dealt with the upfitters who, who did this, you know, the guys who put lights on the cop cars, we always go to the same place. The guys who put logos, we go to the same place. The radios, same place. Flatbeds, whatever you're getting, right? We all go to the same place. They knew where we were going. I didn't know where we were going. And they had a book of addresses, but I feel like, without saying it, it was basically looked down upon if you had to look in the book of addresses. So I just kind of learned to follow people. I kind of learned to follow the guys because usually it was a group of four or five or six of us going to the same place. And so one specific day comes to mind where we were delivering like six pickup trucks to the city of Fort Collins, which is like a pretty populated city in, in Colorado. It's a pretty cool place. Colorado's beautiful, by the way. Like, that was one of the best parts of that job was I got paid to drive brand new vehicles around one of the most beautiful places I've ever been. It was like, it was incredible. But this day, we're going to Fort Collins, which is beautiful. And we're all following. I'm, I'm in the back because I'm the only one who doesn't know where I'm going. Um, but I don't, I don't admit that. I don't, if you put it in, I would put it in my GPS. But they would all say, well, you can't go that way because that goes by this road and we don't like going by that road or that's on the interstate and we don't want to take the interstate. They had their ways, you know what I mean? And so I, I didn't want to be the guy who was just following the GPS. So I just followed, I just followed them. But following isn't always easy. And I learned this, especially in busy places, especially where there's a lot of traffic around. And, and in Fort Collins, there's a lot of traffic. It's kind of a, a, a booming economic place. There's a lot of things going on. There's a big school. There's a lot of businesses. It's a really good, uh, it's polarity, right? It's kind of what it's like. So it's like booming, right? And and we're driving, and we get to a point, and I'm, in, I'm the sixth truck in line, and we're coming up to a, 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 an intersection where the light's green here, and then there's an arrow to turn left so you can cross traffic. And the arrow started turning yellow when it got to the fourth guy. And the fifth guy went through the yellow, and it turned red, and I'm the sixth guy, and so I have a decision to make. It's like, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know the address to the place we're going. I know it's in Fort Collins, which I'm in Fort Collins, but that doesn't mean a whole lot. I have to decide, do, do I go through this red arrow and follow them, or do I just wait and hope I find it? And I don't know that it was the right decision. It wasn't like I was going to get in a wreck. It just turned red, so I decided I'm just going through. I'm going through. So I go through and I follow them, and as soon as I went through the light, I realized I'm in a populated, new, booming city. There's traffic cameras. And so the light flashed, right? You ever, have you ever had that happen where you go through a stoplight and it flashes. I don't know if they have them around here, but they do out there. And they took a picture of me, and that means you're getting a ticket in the mail. And I knew it. I immediately knew it. I was like, man, that was stupid, right? And I was in a work truck, so it was going to go to work. I was like, oh, man. Well, I kind of forgot about it because time goes by. This stuff doesn't go very fast. They mail these tickets. It takes forever, right? And about a month later, uh, there's a big meeting 
in an office, a, pre, a pre-day meeting where my boss gets us all together. Very nice guy. His name was John, but he was intimidating too. And he got us all in this big room. We're all sitting there, and he said, this is the whole point of the meeting. <laughs> he grabs a sheet of paper and holds up and says, do you know what this is to everybody? I'm like, yeah, it's a, it's a ticket. I was like, oh, no. Oh, man. Oh, no, this is my... And he's like, luckily this day, we had been driving completely finished vehicles that were already registered to the business that we were going to. So they didn't really know who it was, right? It was a picture. There was a glare. No one could really see. He said, I don't know who this is. And he looked at everyone like real intimidatingly. He said, I'm not even going to ask who this is. I was like, oh, bro, good. That's great. But I want you to know this is $175. And if it ever happens again, it's coming out of your paycheck. And as much as I love this job, I did not make $175 to deliver that truck. So I knew that I did not want that to happen. So I didn't tell him it was me, okay? Uh, He said I didn't have to. I feel like that's okay. Morally, I think I'm okay there. I don't know. Uh, I don't need permission because I feel like statute of limitations, I think that exists in Christianity. I don't know. Uh, But, like, I I just decided I'm not going to tell him. And and maybe I should have. I don't know. But following can be hard. Because of my decision to follow these people, because I didn't just do it the way that is easier for me, because I decided to follow, it it was difficult. And I got there, and I made it there, but sometimes you might have to pay a ticket. Sometimes you might come across things that make it more difficult. Sometimes your life might be affected by the decisions you make because you want to follow someone. Sometimes it might inconvenience you. Following Jesus is easy. All you got to do is learn from him and have a relationship with him, and love him, and talk to him, and be with him. But sometimes people might look at you funny if you do that. Sometimes it might be an inconvenience to you. Following isn't as easy as it seems. Which makes the decision of these four disciples even bigger, even more life-changing for them to understand. Their life is, is different forever. Everything about their life is different forever. But how does this matter for us? Am am I up here saying that we have to change everything about our life, our job, our family, our friends, our location? Do we have to, to drop our nets and follow Jesus and do whatever he says we have to do? I think it's probably situational. I think maybe there's some people who Jesus says very clearly, I want you to do this. And they do. But I think that sometimes... There's a piece of the story we miss. You see, Jesus had, he could pick anyone for his disciples. He could have gone around and he could have picked anyone. He was a convincing guy. His spirit and his, his nature was welcoming and loving. People wanted to be around him. He could have had his pick of anyone. He could have picked politicians or people with influence, but he picked fishermen and tax collectors and normal, average, ordinary, everyday people. And Jesus picked them because I believe the kingdom of God is supposed to be made up of everybody. Normal, everyday people. And Jesus didn't say, you have to change everything about you. What he said was, you know fishing. I want you to go fishing. But this time, for people. He didn't expect them to change all their knowledge, to to transform everything about them. He decided, I want to use what you're good at and make the kingdom of God stronger. I think that God might be calling us to fish for men, but I don't think it has to be fishing for men. I think fishing for men is perfectly contextually beautiful for fishermen. But I think it means sometimes we don't have to leave everything we do. Sometimes it means do what you do 
for the kingdom of God. Do what you do best, the best that you possibly can for the kingdom of God. Affect the lives of people with what you already know how to do. You have influence where you're at. You have people around you where you're at. The job that you do needs done. But it also needs done by someone who understands the kingdom work of God. By someone who understands that we need to follow Jesus. That we are all called to follow Jesus. Because when you follow Jesus, I can tell you personally myself, it will change your life forever. It's a decision that will not just fade away. It will change who you are for the better. It will change who you are and the people around you. It will bring hope and life and love into your life and the people around you. Following Jesus is important. So maybe it's not so much change every aspect of your life as it is change how you think about every aspect of your life and how you, how you focus your priorities. Maybe instead when you wake up, ask Jesus how he can use you in your job that day. Ask Jesus for someone to be affected by something you did so that you can maybe teach them a little bit more about what it is to follow Jesus. Following is easy. All you got to do is look and do. But you might come across stuff that's not easy. We are all called to follow Jesus. We are all called to be with Jesus. And maybe we're called to make a life-altering decision. I don't know. I, I did it. I think we did it. I, I never planned to live in Cardington, Ohio. I'll tell you that. I'm happy we do. I think it's awesome. But it was never, it was never in my book. Never thought I would. I wanted to be a pizza chef. I really did. But God said, I want you to do what I tell you to do. And I said, fine. And guess where we live? Cardington, Ohio. So maybe it might change your life. I don't know. What I want you to know is that it's personal to you. Your relationship with God is your relationship with God. And what God is asking you to do and what God is calling you to do, outside of following Jesus, what God is calling you to do is going to look different than what it looks like for me. You might not end up in Cardington, Ohio. You might end up in Cardington, Ohio. You might live here. You might have been born here and raised here and get to stay here forever. Cardington needs people who love Jesus so much. But it might just mean doing your job, whatever that is, working really hard at it, and being a really great follower of Jesus while you do it. Being transparent about who you are and, and telling people when they ask, man, why'd you do that? You can say, because I feel like I'm doing what the Lord wants me to do. You can make a difference. By being a follower of Jesus, you can make other people understand how fulfilling and exciting and beautiful it is to be a follower of Jesus. You are called to follow Jesus. We bow your heads with me. God, we thank you for this day, for this place. We thank you for your love for us, your care for us. God, we thank you for your spirit. We thank you for everything you provide for us.
God, we pray today that we would follow you. Whether that's for the first time or we've been doing it for our whole lives, God, we pray that we would follow you, we would know you better, we would grow closer to you, we would love you more, we would learn more from you, God, because we know that the times where it's tough are coming. And if they haven't, they will. And if they have, they still will, God. And we just pray that you would give us the strength and the understanding and the identity of who we are to be able to, to weather whatever that is. We pray that you would give us the encouragement and the strength to know that what we're doing is important. God, we pray that you would clearly speak to your followers today, God. We pray that you would clearly reveal what we are supposed to do for your kingdom. And God, we pray whether that's right here in this church, in our homes, with our families, in Cardington, or anywhere else, we pray that we would be motivated and encouraged and empowered to live out that life for the kingdom of God. We love you. We're so thankful. We ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. So as you guys go today, as you leave this place this week, know that you are called to follow Jesus. You're dismissed.